one showing is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? <laughs> it kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 135 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self rated Buffalo sports podcast covering the Bills, Sabres, Entertainment, and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us on Twitter at Witty Sports 716 and make sure you check out. Everything Built in Buffalo is giving you every single day. YouTube, Facebook, the best Bills content out there at Built in Buffalo underscore. We are your hosts. I am Matt. He is Tony. Tony, what's going on tonight? Go Bills. And if you still don't know, that's the send off at the end of the show. Preseason and the starters will go against the Steelers. Even Josh will throw. And if you think we're going to see Barkley in the game before Q4, I think you're tripping, sir, with Dave and Kristen Burr. He might protect you more. Matt, what's up? Nice. Matt, that was a good you know one. that song. It felt like it's a little Pretenders songs. vibe. Oh, okay. But it wasn't? This should be I a regular thing. Is like, can you name the song? Yeah. Can I stump you? No. Can you stump yeah. me? It, it felt like a Pretenders a little bit. I would walk yeah, 500 miles. Uh, I guess in the sense that it's like a, it's like an all rock kind of thing. It's White Reaper might be right. Oh, oh I would have never got there. But I think you would have. If you heard this real song, I think it's one of those songs that like no one knows the name or artist, but a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I've heard the song many times before, oh, but never okay. pursued it like as a fan. Because I've never heard the name of the song or the artist. <laughs> I'll have to check it out after the show. Uh, no, I like that stump. <laughs> and then stump it's like, Matt. yeah, I'm not fucking doing that. Like name that tune. with. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I like that. And I, Tony, I commit that I we... will always do. What? I commit that I will always Something do obscure. like songs I think you would possibly know. Yeah, I'm not going to go like okay. deep cuts on Gregory Allen Isaacov here or something. <laughs> I thought you were going to do Planet of the Bass, which is the new hottest song out there. I've never heard of it. I can't wait to listen now. Yeah, it's very Eurovision-y. That's so, not what it's called. But that's, uh, what the, that's what the competition is called. Yeah, but it's like a song that would be part of that competition. I'll have to check like, it out. After it was the a show, comedian who did this character. Yeah, right. So I thought you'd do that one, but we're doing some obscure band with some obscure song, I guess, tonight. Not obscure. Which is okay. You'll get I've it. never heard of it. White Reaper. You'll know it. You'll know it when you hear it. You'll be like, oh, yeah, I've heard this mm-hmm. in Target before. I've heard Don't the Fear the Listeners Reaper. know. Witty City knows. Witty City knows? I mean, it's the it's the anthem of Witty City. Like the It's the city no, anthem. No, it is not. Maybe mm. if you said that about yeah, Tal Bachman, just... she's so high. That could be the anthem. Actually, yeah, I feel like I feel like that truly is the anthem. Well, Marv's <laughs> song is the anthem. Well, of course. Well, Mars the best singer, summer. but you know, like Mars the best singer yeah. we have. But like the Witty City song of summer is Paul Bachman. Every summer, yes, absolutely. Every summer, ever. Tony, we got yeah. a lot of bills to get into the 
red, white, and blue. Do we do we officially deem them, term them that? Last week, the red, white, and blue are back on the field. First preseason game against the Colts. So we have a lot to discuss. Whose stock is up? Whose stock is down? Is it stock or stonk? What are the kids saying these what? days? Stonk? I don't think stonk is a word. I don't know that. No, it's like a slang term. Yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's definitely not a word, but it's like when GameSpot stock like blew up, they called it like a stonk or something. That might be a thing. I don't know. We're so out of touch with reality listeners. We'll get into Bill's preseason talk a little later on, Tony, but I thought to open the show that we bring back our Hansel Award for what is hot in the world of sports. <laughs> so hot right now Hansel Pony of course as the listeners know as you know Hansel he's so hot right now and he's always so hot just so hot Hansel from Zoo it's Andrew, a big Will course. Ferrell episode I, I still respect Will Ferrell he's still very funny oh me too we got Eurovision hitting we got Zoolander hitting who knows what Will Ferrell project will be next who knows is Kyle Allen in the land of the lost try to fit in we a few know. more Oh, oh, hey, oh, the villain of the show, Kyle Allen. But let's bring he back is, our rightfully Hansel so. Award. Rightfully so. Kyle Allen will not be winning the Hansel Award because he is not hot based on his preseason performance. Uh, Tony, uh, I'll do the honors here. And this one is an easy one for me. I am giving this version, this iteration of the Hansel Award to other sports. Other sports are what's hot in sports <laughs> right now. And I'm other not talking about. Football? Is that what that means? Other sports other than your traditional sports like football, baseball, basketball. I'm talking about these ESPN 8, the Ocho sports, which Mm. is actually what happened earlier this month. ESPN turned into ESPN 8, the Ocho and featured some amazing secondary, third dairy, fourth dairy, maybe 18th dairy sports, what you consider sports. Uh, Tony, I'm just going to name my top five power rank my top five that were featured on the Ocho. One, Gels Marble Runs. If you have not watched a Marble Run, you have not lived, people. Marble <laughs> Runs are incredibly exciting. Edge of your seat action. Tony, have you seen a Marble Run? Uh, you have talked to me before about Marble Runs, and I've only watched the ones you've linked me to. It's amazing. If you have not watched a Marble <laughs> Run, listeners, do it. Uh, it's like every child's dream. Like, there's there's some natural courses like beaches and wooded areas and whatnot. And there's some like Lego connects built courses that are super cool. Like Gels Marble Runs pop number one. Number two, extreme axe and knife games featured on the ocean. Oh, I like that. Amazing. Number three, which I don't know why we weren't a part of this, but number three, the NWLA Wiffle Ball All-Star Game. Oh, wow. I mean, we've whiffled we've whiffled in our day. We we whiffled some balls. We whiffled some balls. Very and exciting. We balled stuff. Some whiffles. The nice thing about wiffle ball too is like as a an off to the side version of baseball. Like wiffle ball, the pitching is super fun because you can like put so much whip and curve on the wiffle ball and it moves so much. It, it's a throwback. It's a throwback to to our younger days. The wiffle ball and in some cases like ours uh, are very more current days. <laughs> As our friend has a wiffle ball mm-hmm. field in his backyard. So we wiffle. We wiffle. Number three, wiffle ball. Number four, the Franklin. I don't know how this event got a sponsor, but it did. The Franklin Rock Riverstone Skipping Cha- Championships. Franklin oh, Rock? doesn't like to skip a stone? 
Oh, Franklin is the sponsor, and it's the rock skipping competition. Yes. I think Franklin yes, okay. Rock is the sponsor. Yeah. River stone skipping competition. Rolling right. stuff. Okay. These I, are all I feel like I'd be pretty good. Awesome. Would you be a good sc- stone skipper? I think I'm a good skipper. I think I can skip with the best of them. How far do they go? <laughs> like, how many skips do they get in a throw? That's a great question. What, what do you think a, is a, that how it's measured? a good skip is? Is it measured in skips or di- is it measured in skips or distance? I would imagine it's measured in skips. Imagine. You didn't watch it? Come on. No, I didn't watch it. I just read okay. it and it sounded awesome and I'm going to watch it. Okay. okay. Uh, number yes. four, rock skipping. Number five, for all you Microsoft Office fans out there, this sport is for you. The Microsoft Excel World Championships. <laughs> the fifth most exciting thing on ESPN 8, the Ocho. Yep, that's a good one. That I would so not ESPN be I'm no, not an Excel these fan. These people are I'm not an Excel fan either. These people are incredible, though. It's like they're all devs and software engineers, and they come up with incredible. I was watching clips of it, incredible formulas and manipulating the program to do what it like. It's it's wild. Actually, it's fun to watch for like about thirty seconds, and you're like, hey, "I'm done." Yeah, that that's it. But it but that's, yeah, that's going to be the first one I Google after this. You should. It's very it's very interesting for thirty seconds, and then you're just like, "Okay, I get it," and I'm not interested in it. I think the bad thing about ESPN 8, the Ocho sports, it's a 50-50 split of like things you can do and things you can't do. That's the only bad thing. So like traditional sports, like most people can in some way do those sports, right? We can go outside and play play catch with a football or toss a baseball back and forth or hit a baseball, not a 90 mile an hour fastball, but we can, if it's pitched slowly, we can hit it. Or shoot a basketball. Like we can participate. Pogo stick championship. Like I can't pogo stick. Axe and knife games. I can't do that. So I think that's where the ESPN eight the Ocho loses it for me. Is like these are fun to watch, but I'm watching it for like a minute and then I'm not excited because I I can't do that. So that is my Hansel Award. Other sports. If you want to look at some of the other bigger ones in the quote unquote other sports category that I I've created. Omega soccer, which is awesome. It's soccer played with three goals. There's three teams playing at the same time, and it's in the round. It's not a rectangular field. Super fun, action-packed. And the greatest other sport that maybe ever was that is now back, and that is slam ball. Oh, yeah. You take trampolines, you take basketball, you put them together, and you create something so amazing. Uh, Slam ball is back. And I watched it. It's just as good as it ever was. And that's why other sports are hot because all these other sports are getting their 15 minutes of fame here. So let me ask you this, Matt. Now, when I hear about the Ocho, I remember a time when an obscure sport on the Ocho included cornhole. But now cornhole is just on ESPN regular all the time as part of it. And bills compete sometimes. So I my saw, question I've to you is: Poyer, I've seen Dawkins. Yeah, yeah, big corner. So my players. question to you is: What is the next Ocho sport to break off of the Ocho and into the the Uno? That's a good question. There's some front runners. I would think like the foosball world championships. Mm-hmm. I can see would that be yeah. up there. One of my favorite things on the Ocho. I don't even know if I consider it a sport. It's more like remember that show Hole in the Wall. Way ahead of its time. Hole in the wall. I don't know that I do. 
it was it would be a person standing on a platform and a uh, wall would move towards them and they had to contort their body to the same shape as the opening in the wall so they don't get knocked <laughs> into the water I rem- behind them. I remember the commercial. I remember the commercial, yes. So I think it was the basis for of it was a Japanese game show, like came over from Japan. There's a similar sport, which I think would be an amazing like professional sport. It's called slippery stairs. Slippery stairs yeah, on, so the it's on the ocean. I think it's like a maybe like a three or four story tall staircase that is just like lubed up beyond belief. And right. then these people start at the bottom and they have to uh climb the slippery stairs to the top. And sometimes like someone will get almost all the way to the top and then slip and then take out everyone below them. It's awesome. Oh, there's it's multiple so players on it at one time. Yes, it's four or five okay. at a time. This is what I think I'm actually would be good at. I, I forget, <laughs> at forget, stones, forget stones giving. I think yes. And I think a lot of Buffalonians would be because we grew up balancing on ice. We grew up with True. icy driveways. That'd be a good comparison, yes. I think that we are naturally formed for this. I, and I yeah. and I think we have to open ourselves up to this sport because we're probably sitting on a lot of natural talent in the western New York area. I agree. That's a great that's a great point. Walking on mm-hmm. slippery sidewalks. It could be you. Very good listener. Point. It could be me. Listeners, you, be we you. could be we could really take over this sport. We could make it our own. That's what I'm saying. Slippery stairs at Riverworks. Let's make it a happen. Oh my gosh. That would yes, you're right. And Riverworks is the venue. Yeah. That is correct. Absolutely. This is all Absolutely. correct. <laughs> so other sports, that is what is hot in the world of sports to me. Tony, what is or who are you giving your Hansel Award to? My Hansel Award is going to sports adjacent, but not sports even at all. Because my Hansel Award is going to fantasy last place punishments. Oh, I like this. Seems yes. to be hot right now. I think that it was sparked by a viral video going around of a man who was last place in his fantasy league. And he had to go on a date with a poo bear, approximately three feet in height. And I, I have to assume it's somewhat for the video, but he's like pretending to talk to the poo bear and like be flirtatious with the poo bear and stuff. I have to imagine it was just for the video and that like, he's not doing that the whole time as his buddies watch from the other table. But uh, I think that, that video has spurred a larger conversation of people of, of legendary last place punishments. Of course, talk of like toilet bowl trophies, but talk of having to take the SATs, talk of having to wear something embarrassing or do something embarrassing. Mm. And I think that the game of one-upsmanship has increased and has taken itself to a new level because of this conversation like now i think we'll see a new generation of this of of people trying to be the cleverest dog on the internet uh with their last place punishments have you ever had a last place punishment for this yes yeah exactly the internet was made for exactly this sort of thing yes this is the reason uh i've never had a last place punishment i don't think i've ever finished in last place oh in in a fantasy league so we do not do last place punishments one of my favorite ones though since we're bringing up this topic and i think this is the one that kind of started this trend of last place punishments was a guy as his punishment had to spend 24 hours in a waffle house oh yes the another classic yes and his punishment would be reduced by an hour for every waffle he ate i believe was the rule 
I believe I, uh, I remember it that way as well. So that is classic. That's the OG to me. That is the classic. That is the one that got this trend started. Very clever. Very funny. I think that's the sweet spot, right? Of like these punishments is like one, it has to be clever and original. Mm-hmm. Two, it can't be so like degrading to the individual. It's not like walk through the streets naked or something. Right. It has to be this very fine balance of funny and creative and not too treating this person like trash kind of thing. Yes. So the Waffle yeah. House one is perfect because it balances that so well. Right. I mean, that's what makes these things classics is that they're choosing punishments that work well in a internet video medium. Like he made videos as he was there and invited the internet to take the journey with him. And that was a huge part of it. Whereas it's like, okay, I get like a a weird trophy journey yeah. with that. Yeah, a weird trophy or like a tattoo or something. Like I don't like those ones. Oh yeah, or, tattoo. Yeah. Be more creative. I read I read one too of like I thought this was a good one. As punishment, a guy had to sit in a completely dark closet and put together a three hundred piece jigsaw puzzle with only only one of those like cave headband lights. Oh, okay. Uh huh. See, like that's good. You're not embarrassing the guy. You're not degrading him in any way. Right. But it's also very creative. And so there's a lot of good ones. I like the idea of like entering an eating contest, like a hot Nathan's hot dog eating contest. I like the ones that are, you have to enter something out of your character. Maybe not SATs because I think SATs can be a little degrading. Yeah. Maybe if I didn't have my profession, but if I was a real in any other profession, I would feel like uncomfortable in a room full of high school juniors <laughs> as their peer you know pedophile dude. <laughs> right yeah. exactly like the hell is this? yeah but i think there are many things that you could enter that would justify or another good one is you know messages on um like cameo messages coming your way that can be kind oh, of embarrassing yeah. and fun and funny that's a good like direction to go in i like that yeah that is the that is the sweet spot right you want so, them in your league next year yes and as fantasy football gets ramped up here in August with drafts and in early September before the season starts. I feel like we hear more and more of these stories, which is, which is always good. So great pick for your Hansel Award. Thank you. Great Fantasy. pick to you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate the kudos We build back. each other up on this um, podcast. Yeah, we do. We try to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though I was on uh, one of the fine shows of Built in Buffalo earlier this week, the Buffalo Blitz with Built in Buffalo President Lance. And uh, he called me dumb at the end of the show. What? So thank you, Lance, for that. Not like disparaging directly. No, he he, he ind- indiscreetly did it. I didn't think he knew he did it. He's like, because I was on with another uh, member of Built in Buffalo, Izzy, who does the Red Zone Report on Sundays on Built in Buffalo. So Lance said something of of like, that's why I wanted to bring both you guys on because Matt, you're entertaining, and Izzy, you're smart. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh-huh. I'm like, ouch. A little backhanded. Yes, I'm not smart. There. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll yeah, take well, it. No, no, always appreciate I would, being I'd, on other shows. Would you rather be smart or entertaining if you had to choose? That's one? right. That's a good question. If you had to choose, would you rather be smart or entertaining? Ask Einstein. Yeah. I was it would a be genius, tough. but people hated him because he true. wasn't entertaining. That's true. I saw Oppenheimer. He was. A lone wolf. Yes. He wasn't entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Tell a joke once in a while, Al. Come on. Yeah. We've seen that picture of you with your tongue out. <laughs> Tony, you know oh, who no. is entertaining. What's that? Man, I have, I have to interrupt you. 
Yes. Uh, breaking news. This is breaking news and it's not good. Oh no. Uh, I just received a text and I'm trying to confirm it from mm-hmm. my wife uh, that Rick Jennerette has passed away. Oh no. Tony, uh, yeah. This is, yeah, this is it awful. Looks like Twitter is confirming. Oh my gosh. Oh, Paul Hamilton says it 20 minutes ago. Oh, geez. Well, what a, I don't even know how we can continue this. We might have to continue this tomorrow. RIP RJ. This is the worst. Yeah, this is the worst. Oh, what a buzzkill, Tony. too. I know. I don't know how we can continue this. So many yeah. legendary calls. Yeah, I mean, he's he is truly the quintessential definitive legend of his craft. You know, oh, yeah. the longest, the longest Easily. one to do it. Like, you know, had the entire franchise history went exclusively through him through his voice through his larynx yeah this is i mean this is shocking he is when you talk about the sabers when you talk about any sports organization i feel like every great or not even great organization but every organization tries to find like the voice of the organization the voice of the team and like rick jenner was that absolutely wow well way to put a uh make this episode a downer tony that that's really sad i know but necessary. I had to say it. Yeah, that's oh, huge. I yeah, know. The vo- I mean, the voice of our formation as Sabres fans, yeah. the voice of our parents' formations as Sabres fans. Absolutely. Generations. Well, yeah, generations. J E A N. Maybe. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe that's the yeah. origin of Generette. Generations. Yeah. I don't know how to continue, honestly. Yeah, I, I agree. Listeners, based on that breaking incredibly sad news of rick jenneret passing we're gonna have to continue this episode there's sometimes tony we can't be witty or funny and uh when you lose somebody who was so much a part of our fandom as sabers fans of the organization the real voice of the sabers through generations and generations um we'll just have to to stop this one and and pick it up tomorrow I, i think that's only fitting Sound good to you? Yes, I agree. I think that is what we should do. I think that is what we need to do. Always seems right. Yes. Yes. Always seems right. All right, DRJ, thank you for all the memorable moments you gave us as announcer of the Buffalo Sabres. Your voice will always live on, though. That's for sure. So thank you, RJ. Uh, Listeners, we'll be back uh, tomorrow to continue this episode. If you're (laughs) listening to this, it's probably a couple seconds, but I think we're going to take the night off. I guess we'll be back after the break to you, um, but Tony and I will be back tomorrow. So, uh, <sighs> Tony, let's uh, let's send it to Marv. Let's call Marv. Okay, we'll send it to Marv for twenty four hours. Yes. Well, we'll call him. Tell yeah. him don't come tonight to record. Come tomorrow. Yeah. So we'll, we'll go, listeners. We'll go call Marv. Tell him to come tomorrow. He's going to take us into the next segment. We'll be back. Go go Bills fight Bills go. And we are back, uh, listeners. Fast forward a day ago. Once again, rest in peace, Rick Jenneret. Amazing human being, amazing announcer. Uh, he will be missed for sure. Uh, Tony, let's move on, though, to the Bills preseason game. That is what we're here to talk about. We'll try to be as witty and give everyone a, a smile because I'm sure that uh, Rick, Rick was always a, a funny guy. His interactions with Rob Ray, especially where Razor would say something dumb and Rick would be like, are you kidding me? So 
I think it's only fitting that we we continue continue our show here uh, a day later and, and try to do what we do best on this show. So let's talk about the Bills preseason game. First time on the field this season. The Bills win 23-19 over the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Andrew Luck once again retired due to the Colts losing to the Bills for a second time to join a book club. The guy just can't join a book club. So, Tony, we didn't get the starters, but we got some good action on the field. We got a lot of bubble players, a lot of guys you've been watching in hashtag Tony Tweets camp who you've liked, who we get to see in action for the first time. A game setting against another team. Good to just see the Buffalo Bills back on the field. So we have a lot to talk about. Um, I think the first thing is some positional battles. And before we get into stock up, stock down, uh, I want to talk about some positional battles here that have been concerns all summer and seem to be proliferated due to some recent news. And let's start with the right tackle position. I thought Spencer Brown mm. showed pretty well. I've been reading. He's been solid in camp in this summer. But the big news is Brandon Shell up and retired the other day out of nowhere. Yep. Surprising everyone. I said it when I was a guest on the Blitz the other day, the Buffalo Blitz on the Wilton Buffalo Network. When the new stadium is built, and tell me if you agree, when the new stadium is built, there needs to be like a uh, a offshoot wing of the Hall of Fame or the Memorial Hall or whatever you they do to memorialize the team in the past. But there needs to be a wing for the what-ifs of the Buffalo Bills, the <laughs> Anquan Bolton's yes. of the world, the Vontae Davis's of the world. And now the Brandon Shells of the world. What if these guys stuck around? What could they have been? It needs to be a Ripley's Believe It or Not kind of steroids of Baseball Hall of Fame wing, like something like an offshoot of the main whatever they're going to do in the new stadium. Uh, I would love to see this. I would love to see a hall of, I was about to say gone too soon, but like that's not appropriate right now. But a hallway of the cups of coffee, yeah. I guess. Or like the... Never really was a bill, but was, but right. not really. You just feel like these players, some of these players, like who who else can we put in there? See, I'm thinking about uh, about like the lineup of has-beens that found their way during the drought era, like the Matt Leinerts and the Vince Youngs, and oh, yeah. uh, you know, that's like right. pe- I mean, Tavon that's what we're Austin. going for here is just names. Yeah, Tavon Austin would be another great one. Yes, of course. Isn't it wild uh, yeah, like, that the Bills had both Matt Leinart and Vince Young on the roster at one time? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's insane. This is wild. It's insane that that happened. Nick yeah, Barnett. I feel like it was like a Super year Super Bowl champ. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we're grasping at straws now. Yeah, a little grasping. But that'd be very funny if they did like a, a what if. The yeah. Bills, that could have been. But just in general, before we get into individual players, what do you think about the team? How'd they look? Uh, we didn't see the starters, obviously. And guess what, listeners? I don't want to see the starters. There was word that came out this week of Sean McDermott playing the starters for a quarter in the upcoming Steelers preseason week two game. I don't want to mm-hmm. see that. I don't want to see any Same. of it. I've seen too many stories about people going down in training camp, getting hurt in training camp. We need to eliminate the amount of variables that can occur, that an injury can occur in. And a preseason game is a huge variable that an injury can occur in. And a meaningless preseason game at that. Like, these games don't mean anything. None of this stuff means anything. 
I'm going to go off in a se- for a second here. Preseason oh, games boy. don't mean anything. The depth chart, the official depth chart that was released, doesn't mean anything. I don't care that there's three middle linebackers listed as starting middle linebacker. I don't care that there's three cornerbacks listed at CB2. They are literally just names on a paper. These games, they're meaningless. It's literally just a glorified practice against another team. I don't need to see anything. I don't need to see. I don't even care how these guys do in these scenarios. Just get out of there healthy. This is like this whole month of August is just meaningless to me. <laughs> the only thing that matters is if they're healthy. I don't care. Like James Cook broke off that touchdown run. I'm like, oh, he looks really fast. Great. Maybe he can be. Never a let him play again. RB1, 18 to 20 carries a game guy. And maybe he can continue his high yards per carry average. He averaged five yards a carry this preseason game. He was one of the top yards per carry if he qualified last year. Guess what? Great. I don't want to see him. He can do it. I know he can do it. He's done it this year as well. Fine. Just don't go get hurt now. Stop putting him in. Stop playing. He can do it. Josh Allen is really good. Top 10 player, according to other NFL players, in the league. He's really good. We know he's really good. We've seen him do it. I don't need to see him play. I don't need to see if he can do it again in the preseason or if he looks as good in the preseason. Just get out of there healthy. I don't care about any of this. So that's my rant about guys playing, starters playing, I should say. Now, this is a showcase for those spots that are bubble fringe that could be interchanged. And I think as we get up and as we get into our stock up and stock down here, uh, some players made a good case for themselves in terms of their roster status, whether they should be moving up or moving down. But Tony, before we do that, before we talk about individual players, what are your thoughts about the first preseason game? Things you liked, things you didn't from a holistic standpoint. Okay, things I liked. I liked the front seven. I like yes. you can tell that there's more aggression. I like that. I like the rotation. We say it every offseason on this show that this is like the deepest defensive line we've seen in the Bean McDermott era. And it just right. gets deeper every single time, every single time we go through an off season and this off season, no exception. So now I like the way they're being used. I like the, I get, well, it's tough to judge, say anything about the offense in terms of its personality, because, you know, it's a preseason game. They're keeping things particularly vanilla. It seems like I, I don't have a problem with that, but maybe what I really don't have a problem with is that I didn't see anything, any dumb plays that Dorsey for some reason has faith in. I guess basically I liked what I saw. I saw a mistake or two that I think is expected this early in the season, and that's why the games don't count. So there's certainly some sloppiness that I hope doesn't become habitual. Mm-hmm. But overall, I would penalties. say like the thing, yeah, yeah, that that's one example. Turnovers is another one. But without getting into individual players or individual player performances, I mean, I think that we're good. And I think that that was evidence that was shown on in that game. Yeah, I, I agree with all your points. I, I liked the aggressiveness. I think that was a great preview of what a Sean McDermott defense is going to look like. Ton mm-hmm. of third and short, fourth and short stops because of that aggressiveness. So that was good to see. Yes. We have to quell our expectations because these are second and third stringers and fourth stringers going against second and third and fourth stringers. So, you know, it could very well be a, a different scenario when 
the first team is going against the opposing first team, but the mentality, the approach, I liked what I saw with the aggressiveness. And then the offense. I thought the offense, it looked good for having a non-Josh Allen quarterback leading them. Mm -hmm. I liked what I saw from James Cook. I liked the run game. I liked that they gave a guy like Osiris Torrance the start. See what he's yeah, got. Me too. Even though I, I like Ryan Bates, I think he's very solid. I kind of like him as... Our sweet Prince. The Sweet Prince. The, the wing king himself. Ryan Bates. Ryan Rick Bates. <laughs> I like that our Sweet Prince can kind of play any position on the line, and he's the primary backup for any position on the line. I think that's a really nice caveat of having a Ryan Rick Bates, and I don't think a lot of players in this league can do that. And I like that they're giving the young guy a, a shot here. So... There's some things I liked from Ken Dorsey's offense. I think Andy Isabella, and he might be a guy we talk about a little later on in greater depth, uh, said this week that this is the greatest offensive playbook he's ever had a <laughs> part in or a place in. So he knew the assignment. Andy Isabella fighting for a spot. Gets a press conference, shockingly, this week, a la Tavon Austin last year. We make the comparison mm -hmm. like this is the same kind of hype train. Uh, Tavon Austin got a press conference too, just saying. But Andy Isabella seems to be a guy who uh, understands the assignment, understands that he's fighting for a roster spot. So I like that. I like that some of the young guys were stepping up. I liked that Dorian Williams looked good. So let's get into the individual players. Tony, this week we are going to do your two guys who are trending up, whose stock is up, and two guys whose stock is down for you. Next week we'll do my two and two, and then final roster cuts before week one matchup against the Jets. We'll do our combined thoughts. But Tony, you want to start with the bad? You want to start with stock down? I do. Yeah. Okay. This let's is, start with stock down. This is let's our start heart. With the bad. Is, our heart is in this. Okay. So who is uh, your first player whose uh, stock is down, who's trending down based on week one of the preseason, or maybe just a collective thought uh, as you've witnessed throughout training camp. And it kind of has carried on to week one of the preseason. Who's the first player whose stock is uh, trending down for you? Well, Matt, it's not growls and howls right now. It's yelps because <laughs> he will. Don't do it. Don't do it. It is stocked down. No. But it's because. No, Tony. Khalil Shakir is stocked down because in camp at Fisher, he seemed like he had high stock. He seemed mm -hmm. like he was. He seemed like he was he was rocking an apple stock over here, but actually he's just Fisker uh, based on that game. <laughs> and I say that because every practice I went to, I feel like the first, you know, like the way that they warm up is they do they do like a drive at mm -hmm. 25 percent speed and like it's fake. But it's just, you know, it's, it's literally them going through the motions. And in that drive, the first play of that drive every single time Khalil Shakir was out there. And so that always kind of made it seem like, oh, Shakir is Shakir is in on this. Like he is the plan for the slot. Even if it was like a trick play meant to sort of throw us off, it, it was Shakir got the ball and then like dipsy doodled with someone else. Like he was involved in this. And it always gave me a lot of faith that Shakir was like penciled in pretty hard. But then you see what happens. I don't know, like seeing him as kind of like a second team guy in this. Now I question... Did they have it go this way because Diggs was not playing? And that like bumps people around. And then like awesome. Sherfield becomes Diggs. So then who's going to, so then Shakir is going to become Sherfield. It is possible. But we're also used to seeing he will in a different context and in a different light 
And that light is preseason hero. He is always head and shoulders above everyone else on the field and looks like he's supposed to be a starter because he's just dominating the second and third teams. That did not happen in this game. He had mistakes. He had an issue or two. Fundamentally, he had some drops. He had some good things too, but he was not consistent. And you know who is consistent? Sherfield. You know who else is consistent? Hardy. So I have to say stock down for him because he didn't look how he looks in my heart of yeah. <laughs> head and shoulders above others and like always just showing up and every wolf is not growling. Um, he is whimpering right now. Yeah. He's yelping. He's he yelping. Just, he's he's ringing right. the bell. He's ringing the bell on the doorknob. Yeah. He's trying to get yes. out. But he's powerless. Uh, it, it It's quite sad to see. He did have a, a nice catch in the game for, yeah. it was like, what was it? Like a 20 yard catch, which was really nice. But then he had a, a drop on what would have been a first down to continue a drive. So it's kind of on par with what we've seen and heard throughout training camp is a lot of inconsistency with Khalil Shakir. And I think, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, he was in with the first team, the Diggs and the Davises of the world, start because they wanted to find out if if he could make a leap in year two as, as a starting slot receiver. But I also think... They were a little shell shocked last year from losing Isaiah Hodgins by not giving mm. Isaiah Hodgins a shot to really see what they had in him. So okay. I think they're trying to see if they really have something in Khalil Shakir and they're giving him all the opportunity to show them something. So it's not another Isaiah Hodgins situation where they lose him and they never really got to see what his full potential could be. So uh, that that's another reason I think Khalil Shakir is getting or was getting a run with the first team. But he's it, it hurts my he-wolf-sized heart to see this downfall. I, I mentioned it last week when I attended the Return of Red and Blue game, scrimmage, whatever it was called, practice. He was the first one on punt returns, and he literally muffed the first punt, and it just was like the biggest gut punch in the world to me. I felt like I was Doctor Strange when... The ancient one like hits him on the forehead and he gets like shot back and like all this stuff is like revealed to him throughout these dimensions. Like the world is opened up to him. That was my moment of like getting hit and just me just like having this out of body experience of like, oh no, the he wolf might not be it. (laughs) And now it's a week later, a week and a half later, it can kind of continue with an inconsistent preseason game, some inconsistent practices. So I think Khalil Shakir is right now fighting for his roster life here. What do you think? No, I don't think he's, I think he's very much in it. I think he's on the roster in Penn. I don't think he's fighting for his roster life, but I would have liked to have seen more. I would have liked to have seen more success, I guess is the way I would want to put it. I mean, there's no one, well, I guess Sherfield, but they're so rarely putting Sherfield in the slot. Sherfield doesn't seem like a slot guy. I mean, he can't play slot. I don't think they're utilizing him like that. I don't think so either. Did he play slot in Miami? I thought it was that way. Yeah, I think he he did. I think it was like Cedric Wilson. I mean, he was at least, yeah, like he was at least the number three most prolific receiver. Oh, yeah, he was definitely their third receiver. Yeah, but was he in the slot position? Maybe sometimes. I I don't know. Positions are so fluid now anyway, you know, it's like. Yeah, I know. It's like. Everyone's everything. Diggs is is our number one slot receiver. (laughs) Yeah, like, why are we obsessed over this, you know? Yeah. All right. It's all a Swiss Army knife. Like, just go out there and be good right. at every position. Be an athlete, um, yeah. Be an athlete, exactly. So, 
it does hurt me that Khalil Shakir is struggling, but just like his 10 catches last year, like the one catch he did have was a, was a big catch and it was a difficult catch. So these inconsistencies are inconsistent in themselves of like, it's like my golf swing. It's like I hit a really good golf shot and then I hit a really crappy one, the shot right after. And I'm like, well, what did I do wrong there that I did right the first time or vice versa? It's like, I feel that way with Khalil Shakir. It's like, why can't he be this good receiver who makes these extremely difficult catches in traffic or contorting his body? Just do that all the time, Khalil. I know it's easier said than done, but the potential is certainly there, you you would think. Right. So it does it does hurt and he'll make, it does hurt and the he'll he make, movement. He'll make great plays. You don't even understand like how he's thirty yards downfield just all by himself. Right. And then an eight eight yard out route goes right through his hands. Right. So he, he can be the hero, but man, like I just feel like he's knocking at the door of being super, super good. But he right, just like yeah, can't right. get past that ice the icy patch. Right. <laughs> Muppets reference. He's at the top of the slippery stairs and he just cannot get past it. There you go. Way to way to connect it back. Yes, way to connect it back. Right. That's a callback, folks. That's that's so we call a callback in the uh in the witty industry here. Right. Well, we were so naive then. It does hurt the he wolf movement though, so we don't like to see that. No. Yeah, not. I mean, I, I think with the rise of an Andy Isabella, and he might be one of your stock ups, so I don't want to talk uh, too much yeah. about him. But if, if we mm-hmm. don't, then then we will. I just think Shakir's his, his standings dropped a little. You think he's a he's a lock? I I'm I'm less certain. Yeah. So it scares me a little. It scares me a little. The he wolf movement could be stopped before it gets started, and I don't like to see that. We don't like to see that here on the We Not Funny Sports podcast. So good first choice for stock down. Tony, who is your second choice? Whose stock is down? Let's keep it in the wide receiver room. So are you okay. thinking when you say that you think Khalil Shakir is maybe might not even make the team and with this stock up, like my stock up that I'll say now is the obvious, as you alluded to, Andy Isabella had a big had a big yep. week, is becoming famous now. <laughs> yes. And is becoming a darling. Are you saying that you think that there's like a finite amount of wide receiver spots and there's a chance that Andy Isabella might be replacing Shakir's wide receiver spot. Yes, I am thinking that might be the case. We've seen Andy Isabella rise through the ranks since he joined the team just a short while ago. He's now getting press conferences, as we previously mentioned. He's now getting passes thrown to him by the right Allen, and that's Josh Allen, this week in practice, which it wasn't It wasn't the case before. It didn't seem like him and Josh had uh, a lot of the same reps, so... It feels like Andy Isabella is moving into that spot, and I think it's because of the special teams factor. I think Andy Isabella gives you something on special team that is a little more, I wouldn't say better, I want to say that is a little more safe than what Khalil Shakir can give you on special teams in the return game. So Mm -hmm. Khalil Shakir might be a better return man in the end, but the hands are unsure, the decision making is unsure. Andy Isabella gives you some returnability quite possibly good returnability, but also gives you an assuredness that at the very least he'll catch the ball. So I think that's giving Andy Isabella the upper hand right now. Now the big wild card, and I've said this from the start, is freaking Justin Shorter. We have literally seen nothing from Justin Shorter that gives me the ability to say that he deserves a roster spot on this team. Didn't do anything in in the preseason game. We haven't really heard his name in practice. And 
Bill's fan in me who is glass half empty sometimes thinks that's on purpose because they're trying to sneak Justin shorter on the practice squad that we're not seeing a lot of hype from him. Maybe he is doing things in practice that aren't getting the media attention and maybe that's purposeful plant by by the coaches. So half of me thinks that and half of me thinks they can't keep this guy on the practice squad because of the potential. And I hate playing on potential. It's like we, we could play the potential game for five years. It's like, oh, he looks the part, but he just never puts it together. And we're just going to keep him around because of potential. At one point, he has to, to realize that potential. So the wild card is Justin Shorter. Do they feel comfortable that they can release him and he is not picked up by any other team in the league? And by picked up, I mean this team would have to put him on their 53-man roster, which I don't know. That's risky. We, we saw last year with a couple guys, Kingsley Jonathan, Luke Tenuta. So it's not unheard of could happen with Justin Shore this year. So do they think they can keep him on the sneak him on the practice squad or will they need to if they want to keep Isabella and Shakir? Now we're talking about seven receivers, which they have never kept before. They've never mm-hmm. kept that many receivers on the roster. So that's why I'm getting to the point of like, well, it's Isabella or Shakir because Shorter is that sixth guy and he's going to be that sixth guy because I don't think you can sneak him on the practice squad. And I don't know if the Bills think they can either. So the fact that they don't keep seven guys in the wide receiver room tells me just from a number standpoint that it is kind of down to Isabella or Shakir. That's that's how I get there. So you think Justin Shorter is more likely on the team than Khalil Shakir? Is that what you just told me? At this point, yes. Wow. Okay. I think they are I think they're both locks. I think not to get into like my roster structuring here, but yeah. I think they're both locks. The the thing that I question about it, now I say that contingent on that people on the pup list will be starting the year injured and that will open up okay. a roster spot. But I'm thinking this. There's also the tight end situation to worry about because mm-hmm. now the structure of what we plan to do is a little bit different because of the drafting of Dalton Kincaid, because of the DKs Mm -hmm. in in 12 formation. Do you think we keep four? Do you think, like, do we even keep three? Four tight ends? Yeah, probably not four. But do you think... Are you considering Gilliam a tight end? Well, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, we've kept two in the past thinking Gilliam can do it. But now I'm like, there has to be three. There has to be Quentin Morris and Yeah, I think so. So now there has to be three plus... There has to be possibly seven receivers. Like this is a lot of receivers, essentially. You yeah, know, that's what I'm saying. Although yeah. we're probably going to keep one less running back this year because we always had a roster spot dedicated to your Taiwan Jones or someone who's Taiwan Jones like, like a special team with running back. Right? Are they thinking that opens up an offensive spot? I, I just think like if they do keep three tight ends and if you want to consider Gilliam a tight end, four tight ends and yeah. seven receivers. That's over a fifth of your roster dedicated to those two positions. Like that seems like a ton mm-hmm. to me. That's I agree. That seems, yeah, that's tough. Right. So yeah, that's why I, I do think the way I do with this Shakir situation. Now I, I also think Shakir has a little bit of an upper hand because he was a draft pick of the Buffalo Bills. He's yes, I agree with talent. And I think they hold their draft picks a little to a little higher standard in terms of their security than guys they just brought in off the street. 
So I do think Shakir has that going for him. So I think that's a, a feather in his cap there. So like I said, Justin Shorter is the wild card to me. What Have you seen anything from Justin Shorter that give, gives way to the fact that he should have, have a roster spot on this team? Yes, I have seen that both on special teams and at receiver. You can tell it's there. You can tell he's a rookie, but you can tell it's there. He's, he's good and could be good and, w- and will be good. It, it's, it's feeling like more and more the new Marcus Easley. Oh, uh, I think he's better at receiver than Marcus Easley. Ooh, hot but take. he's a good. He, but he's shown, it, he's, a shown good up as, he's shown up as Gunner too. Yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, topic of debate. But what do you think about Andy Isabella's rise here over the past, let's just say, two weeks? Do you think this puts him on a path? The good performance at the preseason game, the moving up on the depth chart, however fake or real the depth chart is at this point in time but the fact that he is running drills with josh catching passes from josh do you think he is slowly cementing his spot on this roster or is this just the same thing we go through every year of bill's fans picking a player to to glorify the brandon riley's of the world the uh christian wades of the world these preseason standouts if you will i wouldn't call it a standout because he i mean the guy had three catches let's let's be real here it's not like he had like a seven catch 115 yard game <laughs> so do you think it's over glorification or do you actually think he he can find a spot on this roster he could find a spot on the roster i think he's good and i think he's shown up i think you have to consider who of the players we've been talking about is safest on the practice squad and i think the case could be made that Andy Isabella is practice squad material and can come up at our leisure when we need him or if we decide that we need a little help in his skill set. So I guess mostly I think it's Duke Johnson treatment, as you were saying. Yeah. It's offseason crushes. But I also think that they're going to think, all right, who can we sneak out of the practice squad successfully? I think that teams are probably more into the idea of, I think Khalil Shakir would not be safe. I think Dable would take him as soon as he needs him. I think that's a good point. Yeah. Shorter is probably not safe because he was a fifth round pick. A lot of teams probably had him on their boards and Mm. we're really good. So a lot of teams aren't as good as us. And they think that someone of his talent level does belong on their team because he's especially like for him as a fresh name. Yeah. So a wild goose story with Justin Shorter. And I think just, but I also Wait, think just a Richard Shorter. Wild Goose story or a Wild Goose story. Oh, Richard. Was it Richard? Goose. Was it Richard Wild Goose? Yeah, Rashad it was Richard. Wild Goose? It was Richard. Rashad. Okay. Was it Rashad or Rashard? What was this man's name? All I know him is is as Wild Goose. Rashad. I can't even look up. Rashad Wild. It's Rashad. Goose, yeah. Rashad Wild Goose. The, the second. second. Rashad Wild Goose. The second. <laughs> Do you know what team he plays yes. for? Uh, he was on the Jets last year. Plays for the Commanders. Oh, cool. Glad he's still in the league. Yeah, me too. Good for him. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, give you a while. team Mark West Stevenson is on. Why don't you tell me? Uh, according to his Wikipedia, no team. He's currently free. Oh, okay. All right. Because you know why, Tony? Tell us all. Because he's not that fast. Yeah, that'll do it. I kind of got like Mark West Stevenson vibes from Deontay Hardy Harris's game, real quick. Uh, oh, he had okay. a part uh-huh. where I'm like, oh, he's got some room. And then he gets like shoestring tackled. And I'm like, oh, man, he's not that fast. <laughs> was this fast thing all just a, a ruse? 
I don't you know. Is Hardy Harris is not Hardy's that fast? Thing, is Hardy's thing that he's supposed to be like fast, or is it more like agile? Yeah, yeah, like agile, quick, twitchy. I thought it was fast, but I could be wrong. Maybe it should be both. But anyway, Andy Isabella signed really late in the off season. We were mm-hmm. on our way to Rochester when he was signed and joined the team, and and then took a little bit longer. You know, as would be expected, had to transition, had to get to know things, had to learn on the fly. So I'm looking at Andy Isabella. I'm like, well, if no one signed by that time, throw him on the practice squad because it's not like, you know, people had their chance already if they were interested. Right. So that's a lot of teams, why I'm like. A lot of teams had a chance to pick him up after his release from the Cardinals. The Ravens picked him up. Didn't really work out. Every other team had a shot at him. So I could I could see right. where you're coming from there. Right. And I could see where you're coming from with Justin Shorter. Every other team could have drafted him and they didn't. Well, yeah, but. More teams probably wanted to. I would say the desire that a team had to draft Justin Shorter versus the desire that a team had to just sign at veteran minimum Andy Isabella for camp. Yeah. Very very valid point. Very valid point. Right. But Andy Isabella is trending up. I agree. Oh, he's trending up. He's definitely trending up. I encourage the listeners to look up other similar type players, other similar type slot receiver players where it took guys like Wes Welker and Cole Beasley and Julian Edelman and mm. all these like prototypical slot receivers, it took them two, three years to really make their mark on the league and really have an impact in the league. Whether it was getting up to the speed of the game or just finding the right offensive scheme, like maybe this is the right situation for Andy Isabella to use his skill set in his third, fourth year in the league now and his seemingly third fourth team so mm-hmm. it's not out of the question of like and this guy's a washout and trying to get on a roster and like scrap and grind he might just need to find the right scenario and the right situation and the right offensive scheme as has happened with many people in the past chris hogan wasn't a game breaker of a player but he was a solid receiver but it took him years and years and years on the practice squad and bouncing around to finally find a role find his place on the bills and get significant playing time and snaps and then transition that to a successful career with the Patriots winning Super Bowls. And it, it takes some of these guys years to find the right situation that they can excel in. So I'm just saying this might be the situation Andy Isabella can excel in the right scheme and the right system he can excel in. So, and I hope he does. Cause that's, that'd be great for the bills. Yeah. As we've said many times, you know, come to Buffalo to become your best self. I think it was a big week for Ken Dorsey. I think so too. And I say I that, can agree with I that. Think, I think I say that because we heard Andy Isabella during his press conference this week say, this is the best playbook he's ever seen or read. And all, all we've ever read about Andy Isabella is the guy is like a bookworm. Like he's always in the playbook. He's always grinding, learning plays. Like So for him to make a statement like that, yes, it's probably a statement for brownie points and to better his standing on the roster and in the eyes of Ken Dorsey, but seems like this is a guy who is, is a Nate Peterman esque level of just having a nose in the playbook all the time. So, but I also look at the first preseason game of Matt Barkley's success. And you know, I think it was a good week for Ken Dorsey in terms of like second year, maybe he mm-hmm. learned from his mistakes year one and has adjusted the playbook accordingly and has come up with new creative things to do and he's got new weapons to utilize like maybe 
it, it put me in a better place of of getting to a point where it's like, yeah, Ken Dorsey can be a good offensive coordinator. I think this week was a, a good good week for Ken Dorsey. I think so too. I mean, I for me personally, I think it is. Like I have a growing faith in Ken Dorsey based on not just this week, but the past ten days, I guess I would say. Yeah. A growing seems, faith. That's a good way to put it. It just seems like it's yeah, like it just seems like you said, like maybe he's learning from his mistakes. Like there's reasons to have faith, I think, right now. Is it all because of Dalton Kincaid? Did he finally find the Jeremy Shockey to his Kellen Winslow and it opened up right. something for him? We'll find out. We'll find out. But good week for Dorsey. Uh Tony, your second uh so Andy Isabella, I'm guessing is your first trending up. Yeah. Your second trending down. Who do you got? I'm actually gonna say Follow me on my logic here. So who had a really good game is someone you don't like that I have just decided randomly that I like of Boogie Basham. Yes. I think I will say he had a good game. He had a good game. And I think that's how he gets trending down because we've been saying like the twist, like this is, this is the trade candidate to open up Mm -hmm. what's going on. And he increases value by having that good game. So now it's like, ooh, yeah, like if we're thinking about trading him, like this is even better now because he I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. As he was, so he is trending he down to make the team because he's trending up to be traded. Yes. As he was sacking the quarterback, I was just thinking, man, his stock is going up in the eyes of the <laughs> other teams for him to be traded. Right. His stock is seemingly going down for being a Buffalo Bill by week one. But, I rewatched the game and yes, I thought Boogie was pretty decent, but I also thought a lot of guys along the defensive line helped his case. And I'm not saying Boogie needs to do everything from an individual standpoint and like Avon Miller can like, that's not never going to be Boogie Basham. He's a hustle guy. He's an effort guy. He's going to get covered sacks. He's not going to be the quick twitch, get to the quarterback in two seconds or so. When I watched the replay and watched Boogie Basham make plays, I also saw a lot of good things from those he lined up alongside. I saw a lot of good things from Tim Settle that I didn't really see last year. I thought he looked like he had a little yeah. more pop than last year. I saw a lot of good things from Huna Ford clogging up run lanes and and helping uh, take on double teams. I saw a lot of good things from even a guy lower on the depth chart like Eli Anku, who actually liked every time he's he's come up. He's like my new Brandon Bryant. Like, why isn't that guy on the roster? Every time he is in there, he kind of does something. He might not be good every single play, but he he pops every once in a while where he's like, okay. So I will say Boogie Basham had a good game. I think he had a lot of help with guys that lined up alongside of him playing very well and showing very well. So, but I will say Boogie's was was a trending up for me at the end of the day. And, and I think he's got a little chip on his shoulder. Maybe it's our criticism of his training camp arrival outfit. My criticism of it. You liked it. Uh-huh. I was critical of it. Maybe that lit a fire under him. Or maybe he has the mentality of like, he's really on the bubble here. He needs to show out. Uh, he looked he looked decent. I, I'll say, like just like I did with Tremaine Edmonds. I wasn't a Tremaine Edmonds fan. Everyone knows that. Listeners know that. You know that. But when Tremaine played good... I will give credit where credit's due. And in this case, Boogie played good, even though I still don't like him, even though I still think he's maybe the seventh best defensive end on this team. He played well. He was decent. He was decent. 
I, I think it was a little nice overhyped. Let's just say he had some nice plays. He had some nice plays. He got all the glory and result. I don't think he did any of the dirty work that guys like Tim Settle were doing that helped Boogie Basham accomplish those results. The things that go unnoticed most of the time, but he did good. I'll, I'll say that. So still would love to see him trade it. And I, I had, like I said, I had the exact same mentality of every time he, he got a sack or made a, was in on a play. I'm like, Oh, his stock for a trade is going up. That's the, but that was my only mindset. I'm not, not once did I ever think like, Oh, boogie could be a factor on this team. It always went to, Oh good. His stock for trades going up. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. That's how I felt too. Even though I don't want to see him traded, but I just don't see, I just like the defensive line is just so deep. It's becoming like wide receivers. Like, are we really going to keep this many? It seems right. unrealistic. It does. It really does. And maybe they, maybe they, like we said with Shakir, they they value their draft picks. And it seems it seems early to give up on a second round draft pick in his third year. But mm-hmm. we've seen him. We've seen it before when they traded Cody Ford. And sometimes you just got to cut bait with these high draft picks that don't work out. Plus, you have to look at the future and it's like next year after next year. Are we really looking at like giving Boogie Basham a second contract? At this point, mm-hmm. I would say that's like a two percent chance. Honestly, yeah, there's I a million Boogie Bashams that. out there. If you're not going to give him a second contract, why not try to get something for him now when he is in a rookie contract when it is cost controlled? And I'm assuming other teams would much rather prefer that, and they and other teams can get a whole nother year with him in their system if they take on mm-hmm. his contract now. So it's like now seems like the ideal time to trade him. We'll see what transpires, but yes, I do agree. Boogie had a, a decent game. I, I will say that. So let me ask you this. So let's say we trade him and it's a player for player. Okay. What position would you like to acquire? Well, I think the ideal position would be middle linebacker, but with Brandon oh, okay. Shaw's retirement, yeah. I would like to see a right tackle because even if it's a backup right tackle, a solid backup yeah. right tackle, because if you look at the tackle market, the free agent tackle market right now, uh, saying it's hot garbage is putting it nicely. Like I was looking at it in like the top 12 guys. The This is how bad it is. The one that stood out to me the most was like maybe 42 year old Jason Peters is like the best option <laughs> here. Man probably has trouble getting out of bed, but we're going to stick him in at left tackle. Like, bring it full circle. He started here. He's going to end here. But that's how bad the list was. That I like that guy who is 42 years old, who's been in this league for 20 years, like, is the one that stood out to me of like a maybe. Like, that was the only maybe. The other was like Taylor Luan and like all these garbage players that I would not even touch with a five foot pole here. So. If they are going to trade Boogie Basham and it's a player for player, a la Jerry Hughes, Calvin Shepard, I would like to see a right tackle okay. come back. I could see that. I could that that would be a good position of note. Yeah, middle linebacker could be good too. I feel like there's a lot going on at linebacker already that's like they're all gonna make the team. It kind of wouldn't really matter. Right. Yeah, I could see that. I could I'll even throw one more in the mix of sure backup quarterback. Interesting, yeah. That that could very well be the case. Mm-hmm. Although, although, oh yeah, even though he had a almost perfect performance, 
<laughs> against a bunch of third and fourth stringers. Right. He's had these before. When we look at all the backup quarterbacks in the league, how many are actually better than Matt Barkley? I think that it's a lot, to be honest. <laughs> and I love really? Matt Barkley. But, yeah. Because, but I mean... The, the, I, the yeah. argument is, like, there might be some that are better. Like, most backup quarterbacks are Matt Barkley. They're on the same level as Matt Barkley. And whether they're better or worse than Matt Barkley or Kyle Allen or whoever, the fact remains that 32 out of 32 teams that lose their starting quarterback, their playoff chances drop drastically. So it doesn't matter who the backup quarterback is. The Matt Castle year when he came in for Tom Brady and won, I think, 11 games and led them to the playoffs was such an anomaly. That was obviously during a decade where the Patriots just dominated no matter who they put in there, who was running quarterback, whether it was Brady or Castle or Brian Hoyer or Garoppolo. It just seemed like anyone was successful. So Mm -hmm. everyone seems like a Matt Barkley to me. I think the backup quarterback role in this day and age is like, I think I said it last week, where it's the Chad Henney. It's the guy who can come in for a quarter, maybe, for the starting quarterback and win you a game win an important game for you. I don't, if a backup quarterback has to play more than that, if they have to play like five games in a row, your playoff chances are down the drain, no matter what. Right. If they win two games out of those five, it's a miracle to me. That's how, that's how like little I think of the backup quarterback position. So if they traded for one, I don't think I'd really care. Like, I I don't know if I even want that. Who are you going to trade for Case Keenum? (laughs) Maybe. Or as we speculated the other week, maybe we just get him for free. Because yeah, was on practice squad. I, I, very well could be the case. So who's your final stock down or stock up, I guess, because Boogie Basham was stocked I think down, it is, right? Yes, I think it is stocked up. Yes. Yeah. And that goes into, and I'm maybe motivated to say this more than anything, because I, in the first day and second day of camp, I was like, th- this player was turning my heads. And now it's like the secret's out. But that's Keyshawn Johnson. Oh, nice. Keyshawn Johnson had a had a really nice game. And I think that yep. it's easy to see these low on the depth chart kind of guys at wide receiver in in preseason games and being like that just, you know, that's the nature of preseason. But I yeah. think eye test wise, he looked more the part than I would usually see out of like out of like an eight minute or out of a or out of a Brandon Riley, I guess. Terrell Shavers. Like I think, yeah. Or out of a Terrell Shavers, exactly. Yeah. So like to me, the what I was seeing out of him was more of a just a more impressive physical specimen giving a very impressive performance. Mm-hmm. And he was and he was showing up. And I thought and I thought he turned some heads. And I thought I've been hearing some hype train, the whistles of a hype train about him uh, this week here and there. And I'm like. Yep, I've been trying to say, like, he's super good. So, I, I mean, he's, you know, he was on the practice squad last year. We took him mid-year on a practice squad last year. So, I think that the Bills know, and I think that's the plan for him, especially with such a crowded wide receiver situation. But if we get into an injury situation, and all of a sudden we're calling up, you know, like, let's say Isabella's on the practice squad. So, he's right. probably the first wide receiver coming up from the practice squad. But if we get into a situation where we're, calling a second receiver after him onto the practice squad. I think it's Keyshawn Johnson, and I'd be excited for it to be Keyshawn Johnson. He's pretty decent. He's pretty decent. I really like this wide receiver group they put together this year because 
a majority of it, your Keyshawn Johnsons, your Marcel Aidmans, and a couple of these other depth guys have experience playing in the league. Yeah. Good point. Like they aren't just like they aren't just guys bouncing around practice squads. They actually have played significant games on an actual roster for other teams. Keyshawn Johnson had in 2019 21 catches for the Arizona Cardinals. Marcel Aitman had in 2018 15 catches, played in seven games for the Las Vegas Raiders. So it's not like these guys are guys that are journeymen just bouncing practice squad to practice squad who never can crack a roster like these guys have cracked rosters so i do agree like out of all these depth guys i like Keyshawn johnson the best i think he he, he's when you when you look at this group and you look at who they're going to try to keep around on a practice squad like the practice squad guys are to me like okay who in a pinch can come up and maybe not obviously have like eight catches for a hundred yards, but who can you throw in there on a third and seven who can come up with a big catch at one point in the game? And to me, like right. the most likely candidate to do that is Keyshawn Johnson. That's why I like Duke Williams so yeah, much. It's not, that's a good way like Duke it. William, it's not like I thought Duke Williams was this like untapped potential, like great receiver, but he was a guy who, if you needed to, and we saw that when he got called up in the Titans game, he didn't have a ton of catches that game, but he caught that one slant route for a touchdown to win the game for them. Who's the guy that can make one or two catches that can extend a drive at an important time or be clutch and catch a touchdown in crunch time in a final two-minute drill? Like That's the guy you want to keep on the practice squad who you can call up in a pinch. And Keyshawn Johnson seems like the most likely candidate for that yeah. to me. And and especially in such a way that like he's the all-around well-rounded receiver. Whereas like Andy yeah. Isabella is, you know, like you're bringing him in situationally. Or even shorter, you're bringing him in situationally like as a special teams guy. Right. Um right. the but Keyshawn Johnson is just like we need a wide receiver who's going to be able to look at the part. That's who you're going to bring up. Yeah. I think that's that's a really yeah. good point. So, um yeah, I I think Keyshawn Johnson showed well. He was yeah. he was the leading receiver. He was tied for the leading receiver with Andy Isabella. Three catches for forty two yards. Good good showing to start out. It, it's funny, like we're always wondering like who's going to be the preseason darling, the Brandon Riley, who's everyone talks about. And it's like we had mm-hmm. four Brandon Rileys in this first preseason game. <laughs> they all showed out pretty well. <laughs> Keyshawn Johnson, yeah. Isabella, Terrell Shavers had a a touchdown catch. I thought he probably struggled the most out of all these kind of practice squatty guys with some drops and some separation. But you know, he he made an impact. Two catches and one of those being a touchdown. Desmond Patton, same thing. Three catches, one of those being a touchdown. So all these guys uh, put on their best Brandon Riley impression, I guess. And we'll see. We'll see if anyone sticks around. But I think. The two guys who garnered the most yards, Keyshawn Johnson and Andy Isabella, are the two that we're kind of talking about the most here for good reason. So those are Tony's choices of whose stock is up and whose is down. Listeners, we'll put it online. Let us know if you agree. Let us know who else you think is falling down the depth chart and who's rising up. A couple other names that I liked in this first preseason game. We'll see if they continue that trend in week two. When I do my choices next week, guys like, especially now that Brandon Shell 
is retired. Uh, Richard Garage, who played on the offensive line with Osiris Torrance in Florida. So we'll see if he can kind of rise up through the ranks or continue to rise up through the depth chart. Uh, so guys like that, it'll be interesting to see in week two of the preseason here. So we'll put those online. Like I said, listeners, let us know what you think. Uh, Tony, you ready to wrap this thing up? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. We got some shunning to do. Listeners, quick word from our sponsor. We'll be back after the break. That sound you hear? That's the sound of opening up a refreshing cold one on a hot summer day. And you know what's keeping my drink cold, listeners? A quality koozie from Traveling Growler. Follow them on Instagram and check out www.travelinggrowler.com for all their cool designs. Keep the chill in your fill and travel in style with Traveling Growler. Now back to the show. And we are back, listeners, as we end the episode. We continue our summer of shunning. Tony, I want to give you mine first. I am shunning. Very easy one for me. This is kind of a bookend episode. I talked about at the top at our Hansel Award, other sports being hot right now. I'm Hmm. also shunning kind of a version of another sport. Now, this is a real sport. It has to do with baseball. They play baseball, but they do it in kind of an entertaining non-traditional way i'm shunning the savannah bananas oh okay now where i thought you were gonna go okay but i don't think they're so. i don't think it's that entertaining justified shun they present themselves in a way that says to me and i'm sure their audience of like the harlem globe trotters of baseball mm-hmm. and i've tried to watch their game their game was on espn two the other night and it's very hard on Globetrotters. Like, they're the Globetrotters, and they play a team called the Party Animals, who they seem to usually beat, and they play that team every night, like the New Jersey, I think it was the New Jersey Generals, who the Globetrotters always played. I watched it for, like, 10 minutes, and I, I'm not a baseball fan. Listeners know that. You know that. I think it's a kind of a boring sport. I, I can appreciate it as a sport, but I think it's boring. Sue me. The Savannah ban- Bananas... It's boring. Like after 10 minutes, it's boring. It's baseball with athletes that aren't as good. The same boring game being played. And then there's annoying kind of cringy TikTok dances in between innings. It's like, I don't know. I was bored with it after 10 minutes. Uh, It didn't seem that exciting. It's probably more. It probably doesn't translate as well on TV. It's probably one of those you have to be there to really appreciate it or experience Mm -hmm. it. And probably a different feeling actually being there live but the real shunning of the savannah bananas comes not from being boring not because i don't like baseball but because this week they welcomed as a guest banana former buffalo bills quarterback current conspiracy theorist doug flutie as an honorary member and flutie's out there with his box of flutie flakes like flinging it around and I was just, I was just rolling my eyes. I'm like, really, Doug Flutie? Come on. So the Savannah Bananas are my shun this week. I can't believe I missed this Doug Flutie with the Savannah Bananas. Uh, oh yeah, but good. I'm also not. They have not won me over yet. <laughs> Nor will they. Yeah, I got, I doubt that they will. Um, I think it used to be. I think it, the way that it's evolved is different. I think in the old days of the Savannah Bananas, when they were less famous, yeah, it was like need- trick plays. And now it's just like you said, like now it's just TikTok dances in between plays. Right. I mean, uh, they do do like yeah. some trick plays. I like, I like, I like that they're trying something new. Like they play this banana ball, which yeah, has yeah, start defending them. 
start defending them and then offset rules. So, but no, I appreciate their <laughs> creativity. We always appreciate creativity on this podcast because we try to be creative yep. as well. But um, I just think they're 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 more popular than they should be. They're not that exciting. They're not that entertaining. I, I think it's a, a as I said, I think it's a justified shun. They haven't won me over yet. No, nope. yeah. nor will they. Tony, who are you shunning this week? Uh, I am shunning an issue based on, I guess, an issue or, or a experience that I've been having here in the month of August. Summer is a time to purge, to get rid of things, to prepare for the coming winter yeah. as we slow down to open our hearts and hearts. And in order to do that, you need to purge, you need to dispose. And so I am shunning disposal companies because they put limits on how much you can dispose at a time. And I think that that's wildly unfair and I'm sick of that bullshit. Just let me put stuff out there and you take it away and stop categorizing, (laughs) stop limiting, stop measuring. I'm putting stuff on the curb. You're dealing with it. Let that be the end of it. But that's not reality. (laughs) You're shunned. You're shunned. I have, this is a great shunt because I have this exact same problem with, I don't even know who picks these things up, but if I have um, like tree branches, I cut down. If I'm trimming oh, trees, yes. I, I have to tie them up in like a bundle with a string. Why? Oh, I hate Does it. Does that make yes, it easier? Like th- that's so stupid. Does it make it easier for you to, to pick them up and dispose of them and throw them in whatever the wood chipper or whatever you use? Like, I don't think so. I carry them to the curb pretty easily. I'm guessing you can pick them up and move them six inches to your truck pretty easily as well. Why do I need to tie them in a bundle with a string? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. There's all these rules. Right. Why don't they play by my rules for once? My stuff. I don't want to be constricted to a, a four by six foot bin. I want to put all the junk I have, no matter if it's in the bin or not, to the curb mm-hmm. for you to take it. Yes, you get it. I agree with this. This is this is bogus. Mm-hmm. These companies a, are out of control. Yes. They are out 1-800 of control. One eight hundred got junk. Yes, I got truck. junk. Take it. Why aren't you taking it? Mm-hmm. Have you ever called one eight hundred got junk? I have. Are they bad? No, I haven't. But if they'd love to sponsor this uh, podcast, they're more than welcome to. Oh, yes, I would love that dream. Uh, no, so you pay. 1-800-GOT-JUNK charges by the space in the truck that it takes oh, wow. to, of your junk. So like it, there's like on the truck, there's like a, there's like benchmarked sort of, I don't know. Like, yeah. Like it's benchmarked on the wall of the truck. Yep. And it's like, all right, well, if you get past here after we load it up, then it's this much. If you get past here when we load it up, then it's another $75. It's pretty wild. Kind of, and it's a communist expensive. company is this? What? How is it coming? So what kind of communist company is this? Yeah, how is it communist? What are you talking about? You don't know. <laughs> Charging by the size. Okay. And in the me and they've seized the means of production of garbage? Yes. Sure. If we were disposed if we were disposing of our own trash, because we're the ones producing the trash, and then we owned the means of but then we also owned the trash, then it would be communist. You're close. Oh. Okay. Semantics. <laughs> Semantics. No. Semarxics. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I like that, Sean. Um, listeners, let us know what you're shunning these days. We'll put it online. We'll put a clip online of this week's summer of shunning. Tony, let's wrap it up, though. 
Thank you to our Let's sponsor as always. Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Quality koozie starting at just $5. Shop local, support local, travelinggrowler.com. Podcast store, teespring.com. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Or you can Google Teespring, Witty Not Funny, first results. Check out all the cool designs, t-shirts, hoodies, crewnecks, all original designs, all colors, all sizes. Support the podcast today. And Tony, we just debuted on the Buffalo Blitz the other night, the newest piece of merch, not even in the store. You have to DM us for it. The witty, not funny rope golf hat. Oh, the newest piece of merch. She is a butte, Clark. She's a butte. If you are a golfer, it's sweat resistant. It's 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 a good looking hat. Check it out. Well, we're going to put a picture online. But you need to DM us. That's how exclusive it is. Not even in the store yet. But the Way Not Funny golf hats. And might be a little preview to some video golf content we might be getting into here as we evolve this podcast. So just keep that in mind, listeners. Um, podcast store. Get all your cool Bills gear. You'll be the talk of your next Bills watch party, viewing party, tailgate, whatever Bills function you go to. People will love your Way Not Funny apparel trust me uh where to find the podcast you can find the podcast wherever you're finding podcasts or listen to for free itunes spotify only on the built-in buffalo podcast network dropping every sunday until the season starts and we're going to probably change so we'll let you know when that happens but if you like us subscribe leave us a review we always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time we greatly appreciate that appreciate that and we truly do mean that 135 episodes in uh twitter handles tony do you want to give the twitter handle are you done with twitter do you want to do the blue sky one your call uh i would say i'm emotionally done with twitter but i did tweet something today so if you want to find me on twitter you can find me at tony ambrose or if you prefer to find me on blue sky if you're a little bit more forward thinking i guess (laughs) is that the term i don't know i don't know i just think about I think about the old uh, oh hello joke of like, oh, I bet you're a very forward thinking young man. I bet you have your name at Gmail. Um, oh, hello. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, hello. Um, yeah, but if you find your way onto Blue Sky, I am at Buffalo Saber on Blue Sky. <laughs> uh, well done. You can find the podcast at Witty Sports 716 on Twitter or X, also on Instagram, uh, which is mostly our Twitter stuff. So, just follow on Twitter, X, and uh, that'll suffice, I think. Uh, you can f- or Facebook and TikTok at Witty Not Funny Sports. Uh, check us out on all platforms. Give us a follow. We love following back, connecting with the Buffalo sports community out there. Tony, I think we only have one send off, and that's thank you, RJ. What transpired yeah. this week? Thank you for all the amazing calls and memorable moments in in our Buffalo sports fandom. Yeah. You know, I think that it's another opportunity, just as when he retired, to reflect on what a rare blessing it was to have RJ as a bedrock of Mm -hmm. being Sabres fans, generation after generation, as we said yesterday. Um, And I'm sure that, you know, we saw that last night. We've seen that today. We'll see it in the coming days. Uh, But, yeah, he was the man. was. I'll never forget where I was during some of his calls. That's how yeah. impactful he was yeah. uh, and his calls were. So uh, thank you, RJ. Uh, as we always say, 
go Bills. I think go Sabres is appropriate as well today uh, for this episode. And, uh, of course, uh, try to stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye. 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 Later. Marshawn is a fresh of breath there. He just loves chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's still swollen. It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.